Welcome to The Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. I'm so glad to hear that these stories we've been bringing you have been compelling and relatable. Thank you so much for subscribing and rating this show. This is the eighth episode of Eleven on Season 1 of The Good Budget Way. Last time we heard from Brendan, together with his parents Danny and Cindy, who are here to share with us their story of saving for college, applying for college, and deciding how to pay for it when they knew that savings alone wasn't going to be enough. So if you're thinking about saving for a big expense, and definitely if you're thinking about college, go back and give it a listen. I'm totally looking forward to today's episode. We're going to get to hear from Katie, who will be in to share with us how she saved for the big expense of grad school. She'll talk with us about how she saved eight months worth of paychecks in a two-year period so that she could spend on what's truly important to her. So we'll hear the nuts and bolts of how she did it, and even more importantly, why she did it the way she did. And at the end, she'll share with us how she feels about this decision. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, start us off by telling us your name and just a little bit about yourself. So I'm Katie, and I'm a junior architect, and I'm three years out of undergrad and soon to be going back into grad school. Oh, wow. That's exciting. It is. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what a junior architect is. So a junior architect, also known as just designer, um, if you're familiar with architecture, um, I just basically am an unlicensed uh, uh, architect in a sense, and so still fairly new and learning all the ropes. And so I'm getting all my hours in and tests in and all that fun stuff. So there's a lot of stuff, it sounds like, that you need to do before you can be like a true blue architect. Yes, there's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then why do you even care about becoming an architect? Because it sounds like it's not an easy road. No, it's not (laughs) the easiest. Uh, Most... um, like when you meet an architect, most architects uh, will steer you away from architecture. <laughs> um, they usually go like, run away, run away. They're um, like, I've done this before. Don't yeah, do it. Yeah. It's not It's not the most um, like uh, easy yeah, field uh, to be in. But it's. I love it. Um, you will only be in it if you love it. Uh, I love uh, the people mostly in architecture. I love working with um just creating people's homes, offices, just where they spend their days Hmm. and how to make their lives better since so much of our lives um, revolve around buildings and in buildings. Hmm. So, yeah. So what's an example of a building project either that you were part of or that someone else um, designed that gave you that feeling of like, oh, this is really where people are spending their time and it affects their lives? Uh, I think the most, there's been... So many, but the one that was the most impactful was when I I spent a year uh, volunteering, working full time with a nonprofit that designs um, orphanages, hospitals, all the good stuff for developing countries specifically. And we were doing an orphanage in Guatemala, and it was just seeing all the people like that were putting their heart and soul into this orphanage that wasn't even there yet. They don't even know the kids that were going to be there yet, but just seeing so much devotion from those people and seeing how important it is to be very respectful and 
um, intentional in how everything is made and created uh, that we build. That was probably the moment that I really just truly fell in love with uh, architecture and what it can do. That's incredible. It sounds like the way you describe it, it's not just building buildings, but Mm. almost like the building's maybe not even there yet or definitely doesn't have people in it. It's a quote unquote empty space. Yes. But the way that you describe it, like I can hear your imagination of like thinking what it's going to be like when the kids are there, when there are young people as well as the people who care for them um, in the space and and the way the space is organized so that it can really serve them and let the kids thrive while they're there. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're super passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said earlier you're going to go to grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're a junior architect. You're putting in your hours. You're taking tests. Why do you need to go to grad school? Um, so I need to go to grad school to get my accreditation uh, since I did my undergrad at Berkeley, and they're not an accredited architecture school. And so getting my uh, master's degree will get me accredited, uh, and then I could become um, a licensed architect. Okay, so grad school is really expensive. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a lot of people go into debt um, to go to grad school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so before actually we get into your main story about telling us how you're thinking about paying for grad school since you're going to be starting, um, take us back to college. Yeah. How did you pay for college? So how I pay for college is largely due to... A, um, a good amount of scholarships and a good amount of government grants. And there's this woman in my high school who basically, like, her goal and, like, for the, her entire job was to get any of the kids that are interested in college into college. And that entails, like, being able to pay for it as well. Mm-hmm. And so she was incredibly uh, helpful in that. And she made it super easy to for me to apply to a bunch of scholarships. And she also curated lots of scholarships through donors and such. And so she was just all about that. And I got almost, I want to say, like $13,000 or so from that um, experience. That's incredible. Yeah, it was, she, she was amazing. <laughs> yeah, every school should have one of those I know, kinds right? of counselors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the school that you went to, was it the kind of place that like, um, everybody would go to college and everyone kind of knew how they were going to pay for it? No, my school, not many of the students at my high school actually went to college afterwards. It was a very, um, I want to call it like urban high school, like your, you know, classic urban public LA high school. And it had a lot of people, I think there was about 3000 total students that went to it. So it was a large school and not many of them went on to college. So you had some financial aid money, you had some scholarship money, and then you went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that enough to just pay for everything? Uh, it was enough to cover my tuition and some like, you know, book expenses um, and supply expenses because of my major. Um, but a lot of the living costs I actually covered with my part-time job. Oh, I see. So, yeah. So um, you got a part-time job. It sounds like you- did you take loans? Because a lot of people take loans for college. I actually didn't take loans. Yeah. So how did, how did you pull that off? How did you go to college without loans? Because um, you, uh, you went to college pretty recently. Yes. So yeah. It was not like back in the day no, when college yeah. was super, super affordable. Yes. Um, to be honest, a lot of the grants I got from the government, uh, because of my family's income level, we qualified for quite a bit of them. And mm. so they covered almost my full tuition oh, because wow. of that. Mm-hmm. And so I basically only had to cover 
living expenses to get through uh, college. So yeah, that was very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you said you had a part-time job. So yeah. how did you balance work and school? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I just barely skimmed by, you know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it was, I didn't, let's just say I didn't get like A's okay. <laughs> in my classes. Yeah. Um, but I, my job, like my, the job I had was phenomenal. I was able to do homework while I was at work. Oh, I basically wow. was yeah. sitting at a front desk for uh-huh. a majority of the time. And I was like the IT help person okay. kind of person. And so I just kind of sat there and my bosses were super chill, didn't really care what we did as long as we did our job when it came to happen. Uh-huh. And so I got to actually do some of my homework there and yeah. You came away from college without loans, so without debt. How did that feel to you? Oh, it was it was amazing. Uh, I yeah, it really it kind of gave me this freedom and confidence to be able to go. I mentioned that I I worked at as a kind of volunteer full time person at this nonprofit, and I was able to do that because I felt like oh, I don't have any other expenses tying me down. I only need to raise this much money to live in this area and cover my food expenses and. Mm my flight costs and that's that's what I need to do and it helped me yeah significantly in that area hmm. you said it felt like freedom what did yes. it felt feel like you were free from uh just not having to pay this one set of fee kind of like like almost like having like a rent fee essentially mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I didn't have this extra expense that I needed to worry about and I didn't need to worry about having that money for that um, expense I see so if you kind of knew you had the the school loan that you had to pay off every month that would have felt like more of a weight and it would have, um, you might not have been able to make the same choices as you did. Yeah, or even raise the amount of money that I needed, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So let's get into that. Um, How are you going to make it work to pay for grad school? Uh, I basically, for so I knew when I came out of working for the nonprofit, I knew that I was going to go back to grad school. And I knew that I was going to do that in two years. So I had like a strict kind of like timeline Mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that I wanted to raise, I knew I wanted to put almost like a third of my income away each month. um, That's a substantial part of your income. It is. (laughs) Like that's like about as much as a lot of people spend on housing every month. Yeah, yeah. Like a mortgage, a third of it goes there. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of wanted to do the same, like almost the same as like my rent. I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to do that. And I, I had just come back off of living um, on almost nothing on that nonprofit. Like, uh-huh. I, I was scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> there. And so I'm like, okay, like, if I, like, I know how to, also just my upbringing, I know how to live very, like, cheaply. Uh-huh. And I don't mind it <laughs> is another thing. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I just did that, putting a third of my income away um, each month until I got to, I guess, now. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because the way you're talking about it is like a skill set, right? <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like knowing how to live on a small amount of money for like daily living expenses, yeah. food, fun, um, transportation, that kind of thing um, versus kind of saying like, oh, like I finally got a job that's like pays, you know, a decent amount <laughs> and then now I'm going to like blow the whole wad. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine, right? Like, if that's what you choose to do. Yeah. But in your case, the thing that you cared more about was, is saving up for grad school. Yeah. Um, so then to carve out a third of your income every month to set aside for grad school um, over this two-year timeline you gave yourself. Um, we talk about w- the Good Budget Way um, 
save for big expenses hmm. and that that is part of what it means to budget with a why or to like have purpose, right? Yeah. So in, in your particular situation, the big expense that you're saving for is grad school and you have this really deep set of reasons why it's it's close to your heart mm-hmm. um, that you're willing to put aside a third of your income of that every month for two years um, so that you can spend it um, in you know a fairly short amount of time um, going to grad school. Yeah, yeah. So you saved a third of your income over 24 months, which is basically eight months worth of income. Yeah. Like eight months worth of paychecks. Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Is that going to be enough to pay for grad school? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's crazy because it's eight months worth of paychecks. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So where do you think the other money is going to come from? Um, So... The other money is basically going to be coming from, again, either loans uh, or part-time jobs or scholarships. So, yeah, the the amount of money that I saved up, that chunk, is going to be basically the first thing that I, like, kind of spend. Mm-hmm. And then I'm basically going to be, like, rolling from there. Like, okay, what, where can I, what do I need to fill in the gaps? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, basically my approach right now. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you have experience with figuring out um, chasing scholarships as well as a part-time job that you can do that that works well with school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, obviously not all part-time jobs work well with school. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm still thinking about that eight months worth of paychecks <laughs> that you saved up. Was there ever a time when saving was hard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean you didn't just do it in your sleep? <laughs> no, no. Um yeah, it was mainly when I started dating my now fiance and his family lives at the time lived in another country. Okay. And so going to see them Ooh. wasn't just like a like, you know, like, oh, let me just because all my family lives in L.A. So it's like, oh, yeah, just drive down to L.A. or buy like a hundred dollar ticket or something like uh-huh. something like not terribly expensive. Uh-huh. But his was like, oh, I have to pay like fifteen hundred dollars oh in like goodness. a flight fare and Whoa. like you know like stuff like that. It's like, mm, all right. <laughs> so it wasn't the cheapest um, visit, I would say, to them. Yeah, so, yeah. fifteen hundred dollars for a plane ticket. <laughs> to, um, yeah, but I mean that's one of those other things of like spend on what's important. Right? Yeah. If your relationship with him is really important, and then it sounds like developed to the point where you're engaged, um, it's worth that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but then what did you do about your savings plan? Because $1,500 is a lot a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I went with, there was some months that I actually like oversaved. Oh. So I had Go more. You. I know. Yeah. And so, and then there's obviously some months where I undersaved. And if I knew that there was going to be this huge expense, say like $1,500 for a flight fare, I... I I work um by I work hourly. Okay. I'm a contract worker and so I would just ask my boss like can I get some more hours or like I'm just going to work a little later and that kind of helped supplement some of the mm-hmm. like total depletion of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and it was basically looking at like okay, how much money did I spend this month? Oh, it wasn't. It was a little too much. Okay, next next month, I'm going to remind myself to cut back a bit. Uh-huh. And maybe not go on a shopping spree or something. Or, like, not buy that coffee that, uh, like, that I would want to during break or something. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like the way that you adapted along the way was that 
you played with both the income side by asking for more hours so that then you'd have a larger paycheck yeah. on that particular month and on the expense side by thinking about like, how can I cut back on spending or hold off on things that I don't necessarily really need mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. And then that was the way that you made up for your savings targets. Yeah. For one third of your income every month. That's I'm still so like <laughs> impressed by that. <laughs> so how do you feel about taking on debt? Um, the possibility of taking on debt because you're going into grad school mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people take on debt for that. Yeah, I, I'm i not against it. I've like come to the terms I probably will have to, but I would prefer not to be in as, in, in as much debt as I like typically would be if I didn't save or, you know, apply to the certain scholarships or something like that. Okay, so it sounds like for you, Avoiding debt means that there's more money that's flexible. Mm-hmm. It could be used for saving. And what else could you imagine yourself using that other money for? So I still do um, some volunteer work with the nonprofit that I used to work full time with. Mm. Um, and I try to do like one trip with them a year. At oh. least that's what I like would like to. Uh-huh. But um, depending on, again, expenses. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really feel passionate about and really like to do more in the future and Mm -hmm. so that's something that i would much rather put all that extra money uh that i probably that loans would probably take away i see so it sounds like for you then there's this picture of well we talk about on the good budget way give money and more and it sounds like you're talking about giving money to to pay for the expenses for you to go on these trips Mm -hmm. um, as well as your time yeah which i would say is kind of the more right Mm -hmm. it's not just literally writing a check no giving cash over but you're actually giving your time and your own skills and your passions um to this nonprofit and these causes and really people that you care Mm -hmm. about serving yeah that's really cool um so when you think about grad school and trying not to take on loans for grad school um tell us about anyone that you've talked to um, who did take on loans for grad school so i only know like a couple people um or at least them aware of uh but the one person that i probably talked to the most about grad school loans is probably my former boss uh jack and he took (laughs) He always, um, he always says, like, oh, I took on maybe a little too much loans. <laughs> um, but one of the main reasons that he was able to pay for all that was he also is in a bracket of um, a people that has a higher income, mainly because of his wife's job okay, and his uh, wife's family. And so, yeah, they they've done very well for themselves and own quite a few properties now. So they Mm -hmm. have, they've had a kind of fallback that is much stronger than mine is at the moment. Um, So it sounds like for him, he took out a lot of loans and Mm -hmm. in his own words, he would probably say maybe a little too much, (laughs) Um, but he had some kind of um, circumstances or resources to fall back on in his wife's income as well as, um, also family to potentially fall back on. But you said that's different than your situation. And so how would you describe your situation? What's your fallback plan? (laughs) Or or a lack there? (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, So I'm I'm actually engaged right now. Congratulations. Thanks. And so my fiance, I know that he's not going to be making making, uh, anything more substantial than he is right now. (laughs) And so it's not... 
um, quite a, it's not a lot, especially since he's doing, he's uh, doing a, he's also a full-time student as oh, well. Okay. And uh-huh. so he's not making a lot. I'm not going to be making a lot uh, <laughs> since architects, that's just, that's just not in, uh, architects just don't make uh, that much money, hmm. uh, relatively speaking. Uh, and yeah, and then also I, I think I mentioned a little bit before about how my family they we our income level is a little bit on the lower side mm. and knowing that it's like okay well my my parents aren't gonna be able to give me like uh like fifty thousand dollar loan or something for a house or <laughs> uh-huh. something you know they're not, they're not gonna be able to kind of do that or they're not gonna be able to help me uh pay for a grad school mm-hmm. or undergrad and mm-hmm. you know just knowing that like okay like that's if that's not gonna be an option well then those those aren't there then what uh, can i what can i do to make sure that i have a kind of fallback plan to lean on if something goes terribly wrong Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense i feel like um it's interesting because you had it sounds like a fair amount of conversations with jack to understand um how he paid for grad school the situation he was in the circumstances um that kind of served out as a fallback plan for him if things didn't go well, like if he then graduated from grad school in a bad market mm. and wasn't able to get a job soon after, um, he had some kind of um, support system yeah. around him. Um, and I really appreciate your response to that <laughs> because you're basically saying like, okay, I, I understand your situation and I understand mine and I know mm. that mine's different. Um, and instead of kind of saying like, oh, I wish I had your situation, you know, <laughs> like why are my circumstances not like yours? Um, your response is really practical. Like, okay, so ha- what am I going to do? Because I, I care about becoming an architect. Um, I'm passionate about making buildings um, that create spaces that serve people's everyday lives. Um, and so how am I going to do that given the circumstances that I have right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is. I feel like sometimes um, when we talk about money and budgeting, it is um, it's normal to feel like, oh, I just, if, if my situation were just a little bit different, if it mm-hmm. were just a little bit more like someone else, then I could make this work. Um, but you're saying, well, th- this is what it, the situation I have. And so I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So it sounds like from what you're describing that you're like a superstar with money. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no. How would you describe oh, your gosh. relationship with money? I, okay. So we, me and my fiance are taking like this premarital counseling sort of stuff okay. right now. And so uh, we got to like these personality tests that we take to see, you know, our personalities if we didn't know them already. And so we took the test and like I got like bubbly social person as one of the categories. I can tell. <laughs> and um, and the list all like you know like these are like good things about the person and uh-huh. then these are bad things and like some of the bad things was like do not let this person handle money <laughs> wait and that was about you that was about me nice because <laughs> um, i'm an incredibly spacey person i forget so many things and yeah it, it's it's pretty bad it's pretty bad that's that's really interesting because like on the one hand you're saying you're spacey and like this personality test (laughs) to the two of you not to let you handle money. Um, But then on the other hand, it does seem like even if you might not call it like money management Mm -hmm. or like budgeting, what you have, the system that you have is essentially like a really streamlined budget. Yeah. Right. You've got, you've, 
basically broken up your expenses into three chunks Mm -hmm. or your income into three chunks. Um, One third goes to savings for grad school. One third goes to rent. Is that right? Yes. And then one third goes to everything else. So it is actually a budget. um, Yeah. But it's one that works for you. Yeah. Right. It's not the kind of like you're not you don't have the personality type where you'd have like, you know, 50,000 different categories (laughs) or envelopes um that you would say like really fine like okay this one's for coffee mm-hmm. and then this one's for clothes that i buy on saturday yeah or whatever right you just have the three buckets yeah um but it works for you yes so yeah. i that's where i feel like yeah i would say um that you are you figured out a way to manage money that works for you um and i would call it a budget um <laughs> even if other people might mm. be like oh that's like <laughs> it's like half a budget it's like mm. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just a really streamlined one. Um, And it's worked and it's helped you achieve your goal um, of saving those eight months worth of paychecks for grad school. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you've made a lot of choices um, on this journey um, to saving up to pay for grad school. Some of them were things that you chose to hold back on. Other things were things that you chose to prioritize, like the plane tickets to visit your fiance. Um, How do you feel about all those choices at this point? I feel good about them, especially now that, so now that we're planning a wedding, Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to also just have some sort of buffer a bit to know like, oh, if everything goes awry, Mm. there's something there. Mm -hmm. And so, and uh, I also deferred for a year, my grad school. Oh, so you got in. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then you're not going to go this year. You're going to wait one more year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly to try and get that in-state tuition, you know. Oh. So we're going to be living in the state for a year yeah. before going into grad school, which I highly so- recommend. Um, <laughs> brings down the tuition bill. Yeah. Which also means it that it's less likely that you'll need to take as much loans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it also just makes the transition into a new, like, city mm-hmm. much easier. Yeah. And you don't have, like, the move yeah. and start school and get married yeah. all in all one go one thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah so it kind of eases you into it a bit more yeah and so also knowing that it's like okay well now i have a full extra year that i wasn't planning on mm. and so knowing that's like oh like kind of is like a nice breather you know like okay i saved up the amount of money that i wanted to mm-hmm. and now i could maybe like dip into that if we need extra money for our wedding or something mm-hmm. or like oh we need like um say if we wanted to give like some nice gifts to our family for mm-hmm. thanking them for all their heavy lifting that they'll be doing uh-huh. at your wedding <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you so, asked them yet for all oh yeah i mean <laughs> um yeah so doing yeah doing that um is being very like it's helpful and also knowing that i was able to do all the things i wanted to and also just feeling like like, my money was going to the things that I wanted it to go to. Uh-huh. Like, okay, like, my big goal, like, my dreams were, like, oh, I'll marry this guy and uh-huh. see his family and go to grad school. So all the things that I would love to do in my life. Uh-huh. And knowing that my money went towards that and uh-huh. not towards, like, a new shirt or something uh-huh. or maybe a fancier apartment uh-huh. and or a fancier car even. Uh-huh. And those aren't, like, my dreams and things uh-huh. that I want in my life as much as I want the grad school and my fiance. <laughs> uh-huh. I love the way you describe that. I feel like you just, you painted a picture of what it means when we say budget with a Y mm-hmm. um, is to put money towards the things that you really wanted to go to, the dreams that are yours. Yeah. Right. And for you, that's your relationship um, that's soon becoming a marriage. 
as well as grad school. Um, and for some other people, it may be um, the nicer apartment or the nicer car because that connects with something in, deep mm-hmm. in them, right? Yeah. Where that is connected with their dreams and, and kind of what their why is, what their vision is. Um, in in your case, um, you've been really clear about, okay, this is what I really care about. And so I'm organizing money and budget um, around that so that I can um, continue to build this relationship. We're going to get married um, and keep moving towards grad school and becoming an architect, um, which is kind of sounds like for you, not just a career path, um, mm-hmm. but a way to serve people and like design spaces that people can really thrive and grow in. Yeah. That's really great. Well, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Katie. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> yeah, in. No problem. Katie is such a hoot. I am so glad we got to hear from her. The thing that struck me the most out of her story is how much she lives out what we mean when we say budget with a Y. For her, she's totally clear on what's truly important to her and is willing to spend on it. And for her, that's one, grad school, which we heard a lot about, and two, her relationship and soon-to-be marriage. And the way that she's able to spend on what's truly important is that she's clear about what's enough. She decides what's enough. In her words, she talked about knowing how to live cheaply based on her upbringing, and she really uses that as a skill. So then, because she knows what's enough, she's able to split up her income into this one-third, 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 where a third is for housing or rent, a third is for saving for grad school, the big expense, and a third is for everything else. And that kind of all adds up to her being able to save for the big expense of grad school, so much so that she saved eight months worth of paychecks in two years. That is super impressive and really fun to see and hear. The other thing that struck me out of her story is how she adapted along the way. It wasn't like saving all this money was easy all the time. There were places where she ran into unexpected expenses as she began to date the person who's now her fiance and needed to spend money to fly to see him. But that she didn't let that set her back. She stuck with it and was still able to stay on track with her savings goals. For me, I'm super inspired to reconsider, okay, I'm just talked to someone who saved eight months worth of paychecks in two years. Is it possible for our family to save more for college for our kids than we have been doing? Um, And if so, how do we arrange other things in our budgets to make that possible? Or on the flip side, if it's not truly that important to save more than we have been, then to just let it go and focus on the things that are truly important. Next time, we'll get to hear from Chiming and Juliet, who will be here to share their story of how they sold their house and then bought a new one, which could sound like kind of a normal story, but their story is unique. It's got so many different twists and turns, involves a lot of different families, not just their own. So definitely tune in next time to hear from them. Thanks for listening to The Good Budget Way, everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do subscribe for more and rate it to help other folks find it too. And let us know what you thought of Katie's story on our website at goodbudget.com slash podcast. And if she inspired you to budget with a why, head on over to goodbudget.com to get started with our simple budget tools. Or go straight to the App Store or Google Play and get the Good Budget app. Happy budgeting! Happy budgeting!